Hello, dear listeners. Today, we have prepared a bonus episode for you. So as you know, or might not know, with Andres, we started a journey of change. After years of working, we decided to go back to academia to study change. And it's been a pretty profound journey. And so one of the things we learned is to, to see. We learn to see from different perspectives. And so when we decided to create Impactivists, part of what we wanted to do is add value to the society as a whole and to the environment. We really didn't know how to, but just listening to the stories of the Impactivists that have been part of this podcast journey has also teached us to see from another perspective. And so today we just want to share with you what are the main things that really was eye-opening for us from all those conversations. What really, you know, what really is in our heart that we want to share with you from all these conversations. And so, Andres, my first question to you is, what is the first takeaway that you have that you want to share with our listeners? Okay, Maria. Thank you. And before I answer the question, I want to add a reflection to your comments and is how can I describe the journey? And the journey has been challenging, exciting, and today I can say simply amazing has been to be out of my comfort zone in too many, in too many ways. One, because, well, as everybody knows, I'm coming from a corporate world, working in a bubble where I was not very open to be perceptive about what was happening out of that corporate zone. And when I start working with you in, in Impactivist, it was the opportunity to connect and to reconnect with the others and with myself and to put in practice also what we are learning in, in that journey of the mastering change. Because it's very easy maybe to intellectualize the theories and to talk about listen through the theories and using all those theories that are very useful, but it's very different when we try to put in place. And when, when we start this journey, I remember the first conversation that we had and was related to the impact that the pandemic was going to have in, in Latin America and that very deep pain and also concern that we had about what was going to happen to our country in this case, Colombia, and how we can contribute in, in that moment. And we start to have a lot of conversations. And it was magical because we are in different cities. We are not exactly in the same city. And everything started during the lockdown. And what we have built today is a way to show that we can work together as a collective, as a society. We can build together an impactful initiative to try to change what is happening in our context. And something that maybe our listeners, they don't know, is that Maria and I, we have been in the same campus just twice, only twice. Everything has been in virtual. But I think that the connection has been very deep. And it's because in the middle of the relation that we have, there is a purpose, a purpose that goes for trying to do something for the people and to something that is meaningful to our lives. But we are convinced that is bringing value also 
to the society. So this is my first reflection. And now talking about the takeaways before also, I want to, to explain to our listeners why the format that we use and the format in our podcast is focused on starting always trying to understand the person and then the entrepreneurship. And the reason is because what we have been learning is that it's very, very important always to try to discover what is uncovered. Everything has an explanation. And what we try to do is to explain and to bring the emotions and the motivations that the entrepreneurs they have to try to solve those challenges that we have in the world. And now I'm going to talk about the first takeaway, or maybe I prefer to say the first lesson. And this is a lesson related to values. I realized there are common values among all the entrepreneurs. And I enjoy when I explain this point, when I say to people, it's like the taxonomy of the social entrepreneur. And why the taxonomy? Because is the values are the essence of the person. And what I have realized is that they share too many values. Among those values, they have innovation, creativity, courage, greed, consistency. But something that made them completely different to any other entrepreneur are the empathy, humility, and purpose. And that's why that in our last blog, we published just a small comment that we invite to our listeners to visit our webpage and, and read this reflection that what we posted in the blog related to those three values, that those three values are very important. They have too many values and we cannot simplify the social entrepreneurs shows with the values that they describe it. But I want to mean that we need to understand that social entrepreneurs deal with very complex challenges. For example, reforestation, clean energy, sanitation, biotechnology. And those challenges require also disruptive ideas. But what I have discovered is that through empathy, humility, and purpose, they connect with the communities and they discover the unthinkable. They build always together. They are not lonely genius. They work always in a collective way. So they are very good connecting the dots using empathy, humility, and purpose. So this is my first takeaway. And what about you, Maria? Oh, that was beautiful, Andres. Thank you. Thank you for that. I think my first takeaway, and as you say, connecting the dots, and I connect those dots to all of them, is this disconnect that we, most of us, I would say, have in regards to Mother Earth. We have decided to live a life where we became sort of this robots. And we are, you know, doing these different things every day, acting the same way. We're not rethinking. We're just doing and doing the best we can, of course. But when we listen to these leaders, you can see that they actually are always thinking broadly. They are thinking about the essence of who we are actually at the end of the day. And that essence, we couldn't be alone. We couldn't be in this world without 
having nature in our lives. And it's that disconnect that we spoke with our giving activists on how can we embed that in our lives? How can we take care of nature? How can we go back to basics instead of more, instead of, you know, thinking that having more is going to make us happy, just thinking really what makes us happy? Why don't we go back to, you know, to how we were as kids and that connection we'd had with nature? Actually, we, we lose that. And so with many of them, that's what we spoke about. I love the conversation on, it is true that there's a lot of technological solutions out there, right? In regards to sustainability and, you know, even social innovation, which are amazing. But if we remember our ancestors, they knew how to harvest water. They all had water and we need also to focus on low tech solutions. There are simple things out there that we can do to harvest water, for example, and bring water to communities that don't have today. And so that also brought a lot of, made me realize of how sometimes we complicate things so much and things that can be really, really easy. And so how defocused we become of nature and we think that nature as well is there forever and we take it for granted and actually it won't be forever. So I think this theme, I found this theme in several of our conversations and I think it's quite important that we learn to see, as I said in the beginning as well, in different perspective and learning to see is learning to unlearn what we have learned in the past right? In this economic system that is not working any longer and where we need to really rethink our lives in a different way and how we are aligned in regards to who we are, nature, who we want to be. And so, yes, I think that was a big lesson for me to go back to basics and really refocus on the, the most important things in life. What is your next takeaway, Andres? Okay, my second takeaway or my second lesson is coming from a sentence that Laura Mendoza, one of the entrepreneurs that we interviewed, she said, the risk is not to take the risk. Well, when, when I listened to her, I was like uh, the effect wow, because, and honestly, this sentence, and there is another sentence, but then I, I will explain because it's going to be the third takeaway. But that sentence has been imprinted on my mind. And this is one of the, and the reason is because I feel reflected and touched because I'm very left brain oriented. So that means that during my entire life, all the decisions I made are quite rational in a way that always I try to quantify or to make decisions, not listening to my emotions. And also I'm very conservative, very risk adverse for many reasons, personal reasons that today I can understand why, what is behind of that, that is coming from the way as I've been educated, the experiences that I have with my family, the country where I am from. But when I listened to Laura, it was an opportunity to start building a bridge between my 
left brain and the right brain, the brain of the emotions, the brain of color, the brain of creativity, the brain of intuition. And honestly, today I'm doing an experiment and that experiment is useful to me because it's a way to rewrite my conception of life. How? That small step that I'm doing in this moment is related to my thesis. What I decided to do is to listen to my heart, listen to my intuition. And honestly, what is happening is that I'm enjoying the trip. So why is a takeaway? Because although I started to explain this takeaway from a personal perspective, this is an invitation to all our listeners to start connecting the right brain to the left brain. Because in the world, what I have realized is that we need more balance. And it's a challenge because, Maria, as you said, we need to unlearn. And it's very difficult. But this is the tricky point of, of the change because changing is not easy. Always we believe that maybe change is to make the things different. But the distance between what we do today to the new way of making the things is a big gap. In that space, we experience resistance to change and it emerged a lot of issues, very complex issues that in the day to day, when we don't understand our emotions, we cannot explain why I cannot change, why I cannot do it. So this is an invitation to absolutely everybody that for living in, in a more balanced way, we need to connect with that right brain. We need to understand that business are not just a matter of profit, that if we don't work for having more equality, inclusion, and sustainability, simply the next generations, they won't have nothing. And we are witnessing what is happening today with the climate change, the disasters in Europe, countries that they have all the infrastructure in Germany, Switzerland, Belgium. They have the infrastructure, they have the money, but the money cannot recover the pain of the people that is dying now with the disaster that we have in the north of Europe. Maybe the situation that is happening is an opportunity to practice empathy in this part of the world, to understand what is happening in the developing world. Because unfortunately, those tragedies that today we're living in this part are more common in the day-to-day of the developing world. And that's why that my second takeaway is a lesson of connecting the left brain with the right brain and something that is coming to my mind because the sentence that is the risk, the risk is not to take the risk and the risk that today we are invited to take is to connect the reason and emotions in a way that we can build a different world. This is my my second takeaway. My second takeaway, and actually before going to my second takeaway, I'm sorry, but I have, you know, in our program, there's also, we learn to have associations. And when you speak about left brain and, and right brain, my association was Jill Bolte Taylor. Well, she's just an amazing woman and there's a TED talk on her. We can put that in the notes of the show, but 
there's really something that I want to share because I wrote it down and it's just very aligned to what you said in regards to the brains. And actually she had a stroke and she was only able to be connected to her right hemisphere, to the right part of her brain. And for her, it was nirvana and, and she spoke about it. And there's something so beautiful that I want to share because I wrote it down and it's, so who are we? We are the life force power of the universe with manual dexterity and two cognitive minds. And we have the power to choose moment by moment who and how we want to be in the world. Right here, right now, I can step into the consciousness of my right hemisphere where we are. I am the life force power of the universe. I am the life force power of the 50 trillion beautiful molecular geniuses that make up my form and one with all that is. Or I can choose to step into the consciousness of my left hemisphere where I become a single individual, a solid, separate from the flow, separate from you. I am Dr. Jill Bolte Taylor, intellectual neuroanatomist. These are the we inside of me. Which would you choose? Which do you choose? And when? I believe that the more time we spend choosing to run the deep inner peace circuitry of our right hemispheres, the more peace we will project into the world and the more peaceful our planet will be. So this is part of the TED Talk of Dr. Jill Bolte Taylor. My stroke of insight, it's called. We'll put it in, in the notes. And it actually reminded me of, of what you said in regards to left and right hemisphere, because I think this is something that we all as human beings need to reflect upon. So thank you for that second takeaway. I would say my second takeaway, and I'm going to say it as a woman, because I think we really need to think about this. As women, I think we have in our careers witnessed difficult things with men. And in this podcast, we actually, it was courageous that one of our impactivist women spoke about this and how with an investor, actually the investor said, okay, I'll invest in your solution, but I want to have a relationship with you. And so I think we need to call this out because this needs to stop at one point, right? This type of harassments that we have as women. And here again, you know, women in, in this industry and looking for to a scale and, and looking for funds. And once again, we have this issue coming back, you know, harassment. And so I think for me, it's super important to call this out, to make sure that this is not happening any, anymore and that we let women be who they really want to be because of who they are, because of the wonderful solutions that we're bringing to make the world a better place. But we really need to stop this nonsense. And so I really mm -hmm. thought that that takeaway, I really need to call this out because I haven't been an entrepreneur, but I've had that in my past experience as well, climbing the corporate ladder. And I've actually probably never spoke about it or to very few people, but I think we all as women in one way or another have witnessed this. And so I just wanted to call it out. Okay, thank you, Maria. Now I'm going to to the third takeaway that 
is a second sentence that was an imprint for me in, in the interviews that is coming from Enrique Lomitz from Mexico, that he said, I'm a social scientist. And I realized that in a way, everybody has a social scientist within each person. And why is that quite important? Because finally, when we start to connect with the other people and to go on the field to understand the problems, we can build together the solution. And along all the stories and along all the interviews, this is what our social scientists, they do. Julio in the Amazonas, Enrique in Mexico, Ana with Aqualus in Brazil, Laura with Unime, and Felipe also with Soluna in that moment. So each one of them, they go on the field, they connect with the people, and they practice, again, empathy. And that's why that finally this quality is a very robust emotional intelligence quality that applied consciously or unconsciously by the entrepreneurs is the way as they can develop these unthinkable solutions. So this is my third takeaway, Maria. I would say my third one would be just the paradigms and the, you know, there's biases and, and it goes back to learning to see again, you know, racism, you know, all of this is because we're just, we're blind with our blindness. And so I say this because when we see a woman, probably, and I go back to my, the, probably, you know, the, the facts of women and men. We're a little scared to invest in them or whenever, you know, we see that it's somebody from the biotechnology space that probably, you know, we won't be able to make money because, you know, we're in the biotechnology space. So again, our impactivist gave us examples of this, even in the family, you know, some of them were working for sustainability since they were a child. They just loved it. You know, they were speaking about circular economy when that wasn't even a word when nobody else knew what that was, right? So they were really working on this for years and and their families were wanting them to be somebody that they didn't want to be. And so again, it's learning to see as parents as well how we can affect our children because of who we want them to be and actually not letting them be who they want to be because of our perceptions, our biases. And, and so I just wish we all could bring more, some more awareness to our lives and start learning again, unlearn and learn to see and stop those, you know, same biases and paradigms and the same things coming up and start rethinking again. So yeah, for me, it was, our impactivist really mentioned sometimes how hard it was for them in their family to say, no, I don't want to work for this big multinational Although they had the opportunity and say, no, I want to continue being an entrepreneur and focusing on this initiative because it's close to my heart and because I believe in it, right? Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, I'm a biotechnologist and yes, I can be an entrepreneur and yes, I can make money and yes, I can make the world a better place mm -hmm. without being ashamed of being a biotechnologist, mm -hmm. right? 
or yes, I can be a scientist. Yes, I can be a woman. And yes, I can be young and I have a great innovation for the world, you know? So for you listeners, that's my probably the biggest takeaways. Takeaways, let's learn to, let's unlearn and let's learn to see once again. And thank you, Maria, for talking about paradigm, because I think that what we need in this moment is to change paradigm and to start understanding that social entrepreneurship, sustainable entrepreneurship is not something for nonprofit. No, it's the way of the economy in this moment. And the private sector, the public sector, I know that we have been giving some steps in that way. That is not enough, but we need to change that paradigm and under understand that now the way of building a new economy is having a new conception of what is economy. I remember Felipe when he said a new version of capitalism and also when we were talking about moral leadership. Moral leadership is not just a theory. It's something that should be put in practice. It's responsibility of everybody. Because when it's, it's very easy when we talk about corporation. Oh, what is a corporation? No, corporation, no. We need to talk about everyone. I'm responsible of practicing moral leadership in my day-to-day. -day. Absolutely everything, everybody in the public institutions, in the way as we interact with the people, the habits that we have in the day-to-day. -day. So everybody is responsible. And this is like a call to action that I can do in this moment that is, okay, so social entrepreneurship is not just the responsibility of those amazing people that they are trying to solve the big challenges. Everybody can be a social entrepreneur in different ways, or maybe to support those initiatives. This is a reflection that I wanted to do now that you were talking about changing paradigm. Thank you, Andres. And thank you to all our listeners for, you know, being here with us today. There's so many great contents out there and you chose us. So we're so grateful. I hope that this will inspire you. This will inspire you to, to believe that you can make a difference, can contribute to making the world a better place. It's not up to anybody else, but to us. And, you know, that's what I believe. We believe with Andres. We believe that our big organizations, the governments, they no longer have the bandwidth or even probably the knowledge to make, you know, to help the developing countries. And these people that we're interviewing, they are making the change. They are actually creating the solutions. They have the mindset. And for us, that's where we need to tap. That is the absolute talent we need to tap. We need to help to make the world a better place. So thank you for listening. And this is where we're taking a break in summer. So this is our last episode for this first season. Again, thank you. You can connect with us at connect at impactivist.global. You can join us. You can go to our website, www.impactivist.global as well. Take a look at our, our marketing intelligence blogs, who we are, what we're trying to achieve with Impactivists. And any questions, just let us know. Thank you. As always, as we said, together we make the change. So until next episode. Thank you.